And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. Which if you're listening live overnight, you're still choosing to do it, so you can choose to do that. Which is our preferred method. Our preferred method is that you stay up no matter what and listen to the show overnight. Yes. So even if it costs you sleep, if it costs you sleep, if it costs you your job, remember what my old basketball coach told me one time. Mm-hmm. I was in an adult league, and he said, "Can you? You're going to show up." You can. I said, "I got to work," and he said, "Look, you have to understand your priorities when it comes between work and basketball." You choose basketball. Every time. I chose work. <laughs> Since I didn't see a career in the NBA ahead of me. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'm I'm shocked you didn't have that vision. Yeah, well, I'm a victim. Yeah. Obviously, I had the talent. Remember, I know I had the athletic talent. We talked about this last week, about my Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. And the three McNamara's that played in the National Hockey League, and George McNamara is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And how all of that great athletic talent was passed down to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This isn't going anywhere. (laughs) So, let's get right to a liberal Democrat, okay? Okay. This is a liberal Democrat. How do I know? He tells us he's a liberal Democrat, and this liberal Democrat, Mm. who's... Name happens to be Alan Dershowitz, the uh, famous civil rights lawyer, talks about the uh, prosecution of uh, Donald Trump and whether he believes a district attorney in New York has a case against Trump. The prosecution itself is an unrighteous prosecution. It's a targeted prosecution. It's an example of the conversation between the head of the KGB and Stalin where the KGB guy said to Stalin, find me, show me the man, and I'll find you the crime. Right. Um, this is selective, targeted prosecution. Um, the, the, the indictment itself, if it comes forward, would be uh, an act 
of hyper-creativity, uh, combining together a federal statute, a state statute, unprecedented, uh, unjustified, and uh, yet likely to succeed because in New York you can indict a ham sandwich if you're the grand jury <laughs> and probably convict the ham sandwich if his name is Trump because the jury pool will be so dramatically opposed to Trump. This is a very bad day for America. Look, I'm a liberal Democrat. I want to vote against Trump for the third time. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with my lifetime commitment for a single standard of justice and no weaponization of justice. You know, yeah. the greatest attorney general of the United States, Robert uh, uh, Jackson, once said uh, that uh, any prosecutor can rummage through the statute books. There are so many statutes and regulations and find something on almost anybody. And that's the wrong way to approach uh, criminal justice. Yeah. So a very, very bad day for America. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that was uh, Dershowitz on uh, Newsmax over the weekend. Yeah. Newsmax yeah. Uh, uh, Network. Uh, one of the things, and I just was looking at a Breitbart uh, a headline. I didn't read the article, but they make the same comparison that Jonathan Turley made that we made last week. And it was an easy one to make. We were talking about it. it just popped into my head. I went, wow, Hillary did this. Hillary d- did much worse than this because you had – in, in this particular case, uh, basically, in case you don't know about it, we'll try to simplify it. Uh, we've gone through it in, in, in detail a number of times over the last uh, couple of days on the show, including earlier uh, on the show. The uh, DA wishes uh, to say that uh, um, uh, Trump committed the, the state uh, uh, criminal act of falsifying business records. Okay, now falsifying business records is a misdemeanor. Now, as Jonathan Turley pointed out, that misdemeanor, that uh, statute of limitations is only two years. So he couldn't do that. So in order to get to the, the felony or be able to charge him, what he said is, well, he, by however he falsified his records, and we don't know specifically how he did it, whether it was on a check, whether it was in... You know, we we don't know what the records were. There's no indication. I did I did read uh, one uh, a liberal on uh, Twitter that was saying, "Well, he he changed his records for tax purposes." Said so there's no evidence of that. This is there's no tax violation being charged here at all. Right. There's no tax violation in any way that that we can see. So they're starting to the left is starting to assume things that actually don't exist at this moment that we know of. Right. Now, if it right. does exist, that would change it. If it was falsifying a tax form, that's a different ballgame. Yep. But there's no indication that that's what they're looking at yet. It's in, in his own records, in his own ledger. He put down one thing that uh, did he put down he wasn't paying his lawyer or he put down that he was paying his lawyer for something that he wasn't paying his lawyer for. Uh, was it a tax document? Was it, If it's not, that's a tough one to really go after anyone for. But the fact is, in order to get a felony out of this, you have to falsify business records because the intent is to break another law. Yeah. Well, what's that other law that you're breaking to falsify your records? Well, in this case, he was saying, well, he wanted to bypass the uh, federal elections, the the federal elections campaign financing law, and as soon as we saw that the other day, we went, "Well, wait a minute. That's 
Hillary did that. Yeah. Uh, and Trump didn't say this was campaign money. He never said it was campaign. And the FEC didn't prosecute Trump uh, or attempt to fine him, find him guilty and, and fine him on it, as they did Hillary Clinton, $113,000, the Clinton campaign for sending money to the law firm Perkins Coie, who then would distribute it in order to come up with lies about Trump that became the dossier that they ended up using that was completely bogus in order to set up Trump, that Trump colluded with the Russians. Well, you could say, well, that she falsified business records because that was, camp, uh, you know, campaign uh, doing business with a law firm. And yeah. you falsified those records. Right. And you absolutely knew what those funds were for and put down on the federal campaign because you put that down as federal election spending and you falsified that particular record. There was a much stronger case for Hillary on this, but there really wasn't a case for Hillary on that. No, there really wasn't a case for that because it's just it's and nobody, not even Hillary's worst enemies ever came up with this way. So what Dershowitz is saying is true in this case. They're trying to weave together a state law and a and a federal law that's a misdemeanor in one case and a violation of money in the other case. It's a violation of money, which means if you're found guilty, you pay a fine. And so he's trying to take a misdemeanor that really is in gray area and say since the misdemeanor Think about this. I don't think anybody's put it this way. Mm. That since you committed a misdemeanor and the intent of that misdemeanor was to not pay a fine or somehow, because that's what the punishment would be for that. it, It just, it makes no sense. That's why I'm wondering if there's something else that he's going to try to prove because already Bragg has been eviscerated in the legal community, not political community. Because if you notice the politics about this from the Democrats is that no one's above the law and no one's above. They need to be prosecuted. But nobody has analyzed the actual what they believe he's going after and said this is a solid case that needs to be prosecuted. Because at that point, you go right to the Hillary case. You say, well, let's compare it with these people prosecuted for that. And in fact, is they weren't. Well, and I think, too, you look at the statute of limitations here. Yep. On both the state charge and the and the federal charge, and time has run out on both. I don't know how you would link that. You would have to come up with some actions within the five year federal charge, the federal crime that would apply here. Some whatever action that was. Is it a continuation of that crime if uh, uh, Trump in? Again, I think it's a bogus charge. I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. of how they what they would come up right. with. Yeah. Would it be a continuation of the crime if Trump communicated with Cohen, his lawyer, who uh, who provided the payments, if he communicated in any way with him about this after 2016? Quite possibly. I mean, if, if you're going this far, then yeah. I, I, I would think that if... If Bragg is going out on this level or length of a limb, 
the first thing you do is tie up the whole thing on statute of limitations because otherwise you you go nowhere if you if you can't get past that then the first move by the trump lawyers is going to be a move to to dismiss based on statute of limitations and then it all goes away you don't want that to happen so i'm guessing it has to be something some kind of communication between trump and cohen over the last five years uh, again, I, mean, I don't know. You, you know, I, I sit there and think, well, no DA would bring this. And and there has to be something else is in my mind all the time. Yeah, right. But then Bragg is the one that bluntly came out and said, in New York City, we're not going to prosecute anybody who commits a crime with a gun unless they use the gun, which means you commit an armed robbery. As long as you don't shoot the gun we're not going to charge you with the felony. It'll just be a misdemeanor. Right. Anybody who was that crazy to promote that, because remember, that blew back against him. Mm-hmm. But understand how crazy he is as a prosecutor where he actually stated that was their plan till there was so much pushback that he couldn't win that. Right. And Chris Christie brought that up sort of with uh, Donna Brazile. Uh, about uh, you know brag the other and that's Republicans are pounding on that big time. Mm. He doesn't want to prosecute violent crimes yet. He'll try to you know weave together two laws that don't ring really commingle or or lead to any type of felony and try to combine them together to stitch a crime. To yeah, to stitch a crime. That's basically what you're doing. You're having to work hard to do that. And so I just, I can't believe he'd be that stupid to bring it forward. But then again, like I said, stupid, sorry, Forrest said it. Stupid is as stupid does. Mm -hmm. In 2023, in a high crime city, who in the world comes out and says, okay, well, if you commit an armed robbery, it's not a felony as long as you don't pull the trigger. Right. Now, if you walk in without a gun, but you're wearing a MAGA hat, <laughs> and you say, pardon me, which aisle are the sodas on, that's a felony. <laughs> that's how stupid this whole I, thing is. I'm trying to come up with a charge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, being offensive. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... The gun wouldn't be triggering. It's the hat. <laughs> that would be triggering. Yes. Triggering is against the law. That's right. Just like the gun. Right. It won't be a felony unless you actually trigger the gun. You know the emotional effects yes. of people when you wear that hat into an establishment. Therefore, boom, felony. I mean, that's how stupid it's gotten. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's really. Just show me where. And you know we we read the the uh, the state law in what it says earlier on the program, but show me where that played out within the statute of limitations. Well, Tell me how all that works, even if you stretch it out on the five year. Yeah, because the five year for the be, federal crime, and that that would have been over the end of the end of twenty twenty one. Right. Right. Because yes. In 2016. Right. We'd be seven years in now on the federal level. Right. So 
Where did where did that happen? Are you saying he went back and amended his books somehow? Changed something in the last five years? Or if you contact I don't know. Or, or if you contact a witness, is that the continuation of that crime if you discussed it? Right. That might be really tough to prove. You know, this thing could This if, whole thing's a stretch. It, well, if if that if this is what it is, <laughs> yeah. it might not he, he that it might be out in a week or two. Yeah. There'd, be, there'd be an immediate, uh, I'm, I'm sure, effort from Trump's lawyers to dismiss it. That's going to be the case, I think, either way. I think they're going to move to dismiss, but we'll see if they have a friendly judge that looks yeah. at it and says, yeah, there's nothing here. 866-90-RED-EYE. Another opportunity to build up municipal compost and food waste reduction plans is now available. The notification of funding opportunity for the Compost and Food Waste Reduction Program will accept applications on Grants.gov until June 15th. Brian Gussie of USDA's Office of Urban Agriculture and Innovative Production says up to $9.5 million in grants will be available for selected pilot projects awarded in this fiscal year. The projects should span two years with a start date of December 1st thereafter and a completion date of December 1st, 2025. He adds, There is a pre-recorded webinar that will provide an overview of the cooperative agreement's purpose, project types, eligibility, and basic requirements for submitting an application. The webinar is posted on farmers.gov backslash urban. This is the third year of the Compost and Food Waste Reduction Program and its support of pilot projects as part of USDA efforts to expand urban agriculture. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. But the thing to pay attention to, as we always do in these particular cases, is listen to the Democrat politicians and, and see if they can piece together the the actual you know legalities of what they're accusing Trump of, and that's yeah. where they have problems with it. You right. hear a lot of rhetoric like, no one is above the law. Uh, Republicans are hypocrites. They won't uh, won't punish Trump. They claim they're tough on crime, as Donna Brazile tried to use on this week over the weekend. Uh-huh. Just blasted by Chris Christie on that, especially when talking about Bragg. And and notice that when we are, I, I believe, I'll speak for us, we as conservatives, talk about every one of these cases. We talk about the specific uh, legal vulnerabilities and what actually we know uh, was done wrong and they're not just like before with trump when they couldn't prove anything on him they just made the accusations without backing it up without connecting the dots we saw that especially on russia collusion is where we saw that yeah right yep and you know over and over again they've they've done this and it's you know all about one guy my question is if Look, at, at some point, Trump will no longer be running and will no longer, you know, be a in the political game whatsoever. Do you carry it on with everybody else? Now, it's not just going after them and calling them Hitler and racist and everything else. It has been an all-out effort. This has been a very, very huge set of events in going after Trump from the beginning. Can you carry that on to whoever the next person is, whoever their next threat is? We're, now, the name-calling yeah. is a given. But I mean the massive enterprises that they engage in in order to bring one person down. I Russia, don't, Russia, I, Russia collusion was made up yes, by the other campaign. Exactly. I, I wouldn't put it past them if it worked. Then why not keep it going, right? Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I want to play this uh, audio cut as our audio cut of the day, and it's uh, from uh, the president at the White House the other day, walking by reporters and decided to ask a question, or decided to answer uh, a question. Bad idea. (laughs) And the media now going crazy because... Corrine Jean-Pierre last Thursday said that Biden would take questions on Friday, and he did not. He refused to uh, to to do it, and I wasn't surprised that he refused to do it because this is what happens uh, when you're Joe Biden. Any ration to House GOP's memo about your family dealings, sir? Any ration to House GOP's new memo about your family dealings, sir? Yes, you're... Um, Revealing that um, Hunter Biden's business associate sent over a million dollars to three of your family members. Any reaction to that report? Not true, true, he said so. Uh, (laughs) And she was asking, again, again, 
she thought he would uh, with with Biden. You have to be precise because she said any reaction to the GOP memo. And they keep I will say one thing. And you and I mentioned this earlier. CNN was doing the same thing, referring to the GOP memo, the GOP memo. But they as if this was just the GOP stating it. It was the Treasury Department stating it through the suspicious activity reports. And again, I believe that was probably done on purpose and phrased that way. But as you can see, you can, you know, the 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 Trump thing, as you saw, blew up like crazy, you know, over the uh, the uh, the weekend. But that's not the questions the reporters are going to ask Biden. No, Biden's going to be asked the questions about what he and every of of the the questions uh, that he won't answer. And. When you saw the blow up last Thursday, when exactly what the reporters thought would happen happened, yeah, yeah. because they because she said, "Oh no, when he's with the when when he's with the Irish Prime Minister, he will uh, he will answer questions on uh, he you know, and it may not be a, a lot, but he'll 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 take some of your questions. He'll yeah, you know, right. may not take your question, but he'll take questions." Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, "You know, that's how we do it, and everything." And then she tried to blow it off by saying, well, you know, uh, if if the other uh, leader doesn't wish to take questions, like another leader sitting right. with the president yeah, like doesn't was, want to take questions. Right, right, right. Like, like it's blame, blame it on the other leaders. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's Biden who won't take any questions. And, and so in that setting, you're sort of forced to do it. When he's right there in front of the reporters and walks up, he just turns around and walks away. Can't walk away when you're sitting with another world leader. We have figured out what he is doing. Yeah. I'll sit there, yeah. I'll yeah. answer, and then they'll say, well, he answered question. He answered questions yesterday when he, and it was like somebody asked a question, he lies about it, and then walks away. Now, the incredible thing is, he said, it's not true that his family got money. Right. As if this is a Republican versus Democrat. No, because the Treasury Department released the suspicious activity reports to the Republicans from the banks, mm-hmm. the banks are the ones that did it. The Treasury Department are the ones that had those suspicious activity reports, gave them to Republicans to release. After the Republicans released them, Biden's lawyers came out and verified that the payments were made, but nothing was done wrong. Biden comes out and says, no, it, it didn't happen. No payments were made. Right. Just amazing. Uh, you know, and... Or was he saying it's not true because the Treasury had the wrong amount? It was actually a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the truth. There were 150 of them. Yeah. <laughs> they, if you want mysterious Bidens, I can give you a whole list. Uh, this is, the, again, that's the problem with him. Is that you can't have in in front of the media anywhere. Tell me what sit-down interview he would do. I mean, here's here's the thing. You would Jimmy ha- Kimmel. Well, he would have to propose this. My wife is going to interview me, <laughs> and it's going to air on CNN. That's how well, he he knows he can go before. He can go on the, the he can go on the entertainment shows, mm. and whatever answer he gives, whether it's a lie or not, there'll be no follow up. Mm-hmm. He can go on. 60 minutes mm-hmm. he knows that whatever lie he says there will no be no follow-up question mm-hmm. he knows he can go 
probably to the majority of the mainstream media and they won't follow up. Well, they might not have followed up two months ago or three months ago. Will they follow up now that the White House press corps is livid that he just won't answer any questions? And I think they're sick and tired of Green Jean-Pierre. Well, yeah. Whenever she says, look, I've been clear about this many times. What does that mean? Mm. I've never been clear about it once. Right. You've never given the actual answer. Uh, Those are the things that, you know, that we look at. and, And I think that it has changed. I think the the tone of the media has changed. You had them outside of Marine One asking him about the whole Hunter Biden thing. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's light years from where we were not too long ago when they were very insistent on it being a far right wing conspiracy with help from the Russians. And, and we mentioned yesterday, I have this audio cut just to show you how mm. this is uh, going. This is CNN's Erin uh, Burnett on uh, Saturday. On a certain level, if just as a layperson, you hear this, and it doesn't sound good. Uh, there's a guy whose name is uh, John Robinson Walker. He gets $3 million from a Chinese-based company and proceeds to wire it out to a bunch of people named Biden, one of whom is Hunter Biden. Another one is a company that belongs to the president's brother, James Biden, and another amount of money to Bo Biden's uh, widow, Hallie. So, again, from a layperson, that doesn't look good. From a layperson. From a non-layperson, it doesn't look good. I don't know who it actually looks good to. You know, this is this was the best thing written. I have to give Jonathan Turley credit for this. First off, he he picked up on what we said last week about Hillary Clinton, which was good. I was happy to see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, I love this. Listen to how he writes this, Eric. President Biden has repeatedly denied that his family received money from China. He has also denied any knowledge of his son's foreign dealings, despite direct evidence to the contrary, including a recorded message from him to Hunter referencing the deals. The White House has simply refused to address the recording or photographs contradicting the president. Now there is confirmation that millions were sent from China and then money from a third party account was distributed to at least three and possibly four Biden family members. However, when confronted with the evidence on the way to Marine One, the president again declared, that's not true. Given that these are suspicious activity reports from Biden's own Treasury Department, it is unclear now what the what the president is suggesting beyond the possibility of an evil twin Biden family mm-hmm. that is <laughs> dispersing <laughs> his good name. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's what's great. Yeah. It's another Biden. It's the evil Biden. Well, I said earlier, next he's going to say, Hunter Biden's not my son. I know. That's great. That was the best one. Hunter's not my son. What are you talking about? He's not my son. He's not my son. Is it me? No. Where did you get that from? What? He's not my son. I never heard of him. Prove it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't prove that, Jack. Mr. President, we have a DNA test. DNA can be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So? DNA. So what, Jack? I don't care, Jack. Not my son. Whenever he says Jack, he reminds me of John Lovitz on on Seinfeld, (laughs) remember? 
when he when he got a free hairpiece from Jerry because Jerry he, Jerry thought he had cancer. Yeah, yeah. So he felt pity for him, and then he didn't have cancer. Yeah. What do you say to that, Jack? Jack. You know it's, but that's again his defiant nature. He'll deny anything and everything. Uh, then the other news. This is interesting because this like blows up. Then it goes real quiet, quick. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we got it out mm-hmm. that uh, North Korea's Kim Jong Un calls for nuclear attack preparedness on the U.S. and South Korea. North Korean leader Kim Jong Un has called on his country to be ready to launch a nuclear attack to deter war, as he accused the U.S. and South Korea of carrying out military drills with American nuclear assets, according to state media. Kim's remarks carried on state media came after. Uh, North Korea launched a short-range ballistic missile towards the seas on Sunday. That missile flew across the country and landed in the sea uh, of its east coast, according to uh, South Korean and Japanese assessments, which reported that the missile traveled a distance of about 500 miles. Kim, Mm -hmm. who oversaw the test, said the exercises improved the military's actual war capability and highlighted the need to ensure that the readiness posture for any immediate and overwhelming nuclear counterattack through such drills. And it's funny because that story just blows up. Hour later, it's it's like just Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Well, and every time, you know, there are, you know, the the U.S. and South Korea uh, goes through, you know, essentially the motions, which happens every year, um, he does the same thing. You know, how dare you, how dare you, everybody prepare for war, prepare for war. You know, those drills have been going on there for a long, long time. And he, you know, since he's been in charge, he's been reacting pretty much every time the same way. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what you're going to do, I guess, when you can't do anything else is sound off. And that's Kim Jong-un. Oh, I thought you meant Biden. There's no North Korea, Jack. It's all one country. What are you talking about? North Korea? What? No. Why are we trying to separate the two? (laughs) We should all come together. (laughs) Jack? (laughs) And finally, my favorite story. Inflation is making the EV charging experience worse. Eggs, gas, and now electric vehicles, inflation is hitting electricity rates, mm. making EV home charging a more miserable experience for drivers at the absolute worst time. A new J.D. Power study of EV owners mm. who use level two home charging charging stations found that overall satisfaction in the home charging experience has declined 12 points since just last year. A major factor in this decline in satisfaction was the inflationary rise of electricity prices. We'll get ready because remember, as Obama said, his plan was mm-hmm. to skyrocket electricity prices. Yeah. That has been the goal of Democrats all along. So if you were paying attention, you knew this already. You should have known that buying an electric vehicle and promoting the mindset you believe would skyrocket your electricity prices because that's that's the goal. Well, and you should be okay with that. You should be okay because it, it's going to save the planet. Exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Crowley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. I'm just reading here, going to the Drudge Report and always looking for, uh, you know, that uh, uh, the, that TMZ headline. Yeah. Trump could be denied bail. It's not, yeah. It's not, mm-hmm. if, if it happens, it's not right. going to be denied bail. Bail. <laughs> bail reform for everyone except Trump. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I didn't even think yeah, about that. Right, bail reform for every liberals scream. Bail reform for everyone. The the one president for, for murder. The one president who did actually act on prison reform would be also <laughs> the guy who doesn't receive the benefits of bail reform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go down like that. Man, it's going to be interesting because uh, unless there's something out of left field that. Nobody has figured out the analysis of what Bragg has, legally speaking, yeah, has just right. been eviscerated. Well, now it I'm really just has. curious. Just, I'm really, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just, I, I got to make sure I have popcorn ready because I want to hear the explanation, you know, if it all goes down. And, you know, Andrew McCarthy believes, and he has said it, and he wrote about it again over the weekend for, I think he's, it's the, uh, the over the last few days or posts that he's had, he said that. He, he believes it's going to happen sometime this week, um, you know, based on the things, the, the the schedule of the grand jury, but also when the grand jury uh, reaches out and asks the target to to testify, that's usually the very last move or one of the last moves uh, before an indictment comes down. So if that does happen this week, then we'll see where they go and i'm really curious as to how they justify bragg justifies the charges here and and all the details and what constitutes the law breaking what actions and when there's a lot to unpack here for sure This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.